0: Because you're sitting with a pen and a paper in your hand doing a grudge list. You've embarked on the process of examining your life. You've embarked on the process of an inventory. And, and how the book relates to it is we're gonna seek out these glaring flaws. We're gonna look for these things in stock. We're gonna look for these things that are, have been blocking us. So this connection that we're going for in the third step, it's not gonna to come to any fruition. It says it's not nothing is gonna happen unless it once followed by this process.
1: Take what you want and leave the rest at the curb for the trash man to pick up. Hello, lads and lassies. Greetings from Studio AA Deep in the heart of Texas. That was the voice of my friend, Mr. Marty C, that you heard at the beginning of this here episode number two. 174 of Sober Speak, and you are going to hear so much more from him in just a moment. But first things first here, this episode is being brought to you by Jill and Eileen and Kurt and Terry and Todd and Lou and Anonymous and Audrey. What, you may ask yourself, did Jill and Eileen and Kurt, and Terry, and Todd, and Lou, and Anonymous, and Audrey do? Well, they went to our website, www.soberspeak.com. They clicked on the little yellow donate tab, and they made, guess what, a contribution. So thank you so much, Jill, and Eileen, and Kurt, and Terry, and Todd, and Lou, and Anonymous, and Audrey. This episode is coming right out to Ewan's. All right, so I'm going to read some listener feedback here on the beginning of this episode because we had so much this week, and I don't want to take all that time on the back end, so I just picked out a few kind of at random to read here on the front end. Deanne writes in, and the title of her, or the subject line, I should say, of her email was Sarah G., mm-hmm. She says, good morning, John. I'm so glad you had Sarah on your podcast. Her story is an absolutely necessary story that needs to be told, and I'm sure it will touch many, many. John, she told my story. I had over nine years sober, an ongoing medical issue, and pills became a poor relief that almost killed me. What Sarah said was paramount to overcoming Oh, to overcome what was the egotistical idea of that I had become, or what I had become, and what I wanted others to quote believe about me. And just in case you haven't heard that episode yet, let me, let me give you a background on this. Is Sarah G, as she's talking about changing a sobriety date, and uh, it's two or three before this particular episode right here. So you may want to go back and listen to those. There are two episodes back to back and they're riveting. Um, and then she says, uh, Deanne says my ego almost signed my death warrant inside the rooms of AA. And it taught me that quote, time was more important than honesty and humility. That was over six years ago, and thank God there was enough grace for a new spiritual experience through, quote, the work, unquote, NAA. What a gift we have been given. DNE. Well, thank you, DN. Uh, as you know, I forwarded that message on to Sarah. And uh, I appreciate you writing in, and I'm I'm sure you and others were impacted by that episode as well. In fact, I have some more coming up in listener feedback at the end. <laughs> Of this episode. Adrian writes in, my friend Adrian. Adrian T says, My dear friend John, as 22. Uh, As 2022 comes to an end, this is from a couple weeks ago. He says, Let me wish you all the best in the next one and keep going with the podcast. Well, that's the plan, Adrian. He says, I have almost three years since I started to listen to Sober Speak. And honestly, I would like you to broadcast at least two times a week, smiley face. Well, Adrian, I wouldn't mind maybe someday when I retire or something like that. I've heard it before, but right now just to get one episode out a week is all I could do because I have a pretty busy schedule, but thank you for the sentiment. I appreciate it. You know, he says, as an alcoholic, I always want more and more. It's never enough. (laughs) Well, let's see what we can do in the future, Mr. Uh, Adrian. I appreciate it. He says, I got sober in 2019 on the 3rd of October. Oh, wow. I don't think I've ever talked about this on the podcast before. But Adrian, um, my brother, um, actually, that was his birthday, the 3rd of October, and um he died from drug alcoholism and excuse me, from drug addiction and alcoholism. And they used to always look at him when I got, when I sobered up and they said, if you could only be like Johnny, my, my family calls me Johnny. And, uh, anyway, uh, that wasn't planned on this here, uh, but I just thought about that and, uh. I'm glad you got sober on the third of October, and uh, it, that can be a good memory for me, uh, Mister Adrian. I appreciate it. He says I got sober on the third of October, and then I got a new life. Initially, I didn't like it, man. It was so weird. Men, uh, men uh, was so weird without my buzz. And frankly speaking, I didn't expect that I would make it. Uh, He says, but when the miracle happens, and by the grace of God, help from my sponsor, from AA and the people inspired by this lovely, great, imperialist podcast. Oh, oh, well, thank you. You know, for for English being your second language, uh, Mr. Adrian, you do a great job. He says, anyway, he says, the obsession to drink has been lifted and never relapsed. He says, I don't want to say that I have a perfect life. I still have days when I'm not humble and I think too much about me or I let my ego, uh, get, uh, I let my ego go to ride my horses, but I am aware about this, and I work with a powerful friend from heaven to get rid of my coward character defects. Anyway, my brother, this podcast is absolutely what I need to hear, and be sure that if I ever visit in the USA, I will come deep into the heart of Texas and find you, question mark. <laughs> we're here brother you can meet not only me but a lot of people that have been on this podcast in the past anyway it says thank you for your service in my sobriety adrian and then he says p.s ted brilliant oh, oh ted lasso is brilliant and <laughs> and as the mexican guy says in that show football is life. He he's, And then Adrian says, I can say, AA is life. <laughs> Good for you. And just in case uh, I mentioned on, it, just in case you don't know what he's talking about there, I mentioned on a previous episode that I had never really watched any sort of Netflix series. And uh, through some people at work, I thought uh, they were talking about Ted Lasso when I was out of town at a conference. And I thought maybe I should go ahead and uh, listen to uh, or watch Ted Lasso. And I did, and uh, it's been absolutely brilliant. There's been a lot of AA type stuff in there. I had never thought about. Uh, if, and if you haven't seen the uh, the the a uh, Ted Lasso, what Adrian is referring to there is that there's a there's a Mexican gentleman in there, and he runs around the entire time saying football is life. <laughs> I love it. And so so Adrian is making that. that uh, connection there with AA is life. Maybe we should start saying that at the end of every meeting. AA is life. Thank you very much, Adrian, for writing in. All right. So uh, just a couple more that we're going to get to Marty. Like I said, I had so much uh, listener feedback this week. I wanted to get some of it on the front end. And here is one. This is somebody who posted in the super secret Facebook group. If you are not part of the Super Secret Facebook group, and you want to be? Just go to your Facebook application, search for Super... No, 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 no. Just search for... <laughs> that's just a nickname we have for it. A guy named Dave came up with that the first year uh, and when we were, when we were recording. <laughs> and I've stuck with it ever since because I loved it. But anyway, look for... Uh, Sober Speak secret group and ask for admission into the... Uh, room or into the group, I guess is what you say. We'll get you on in there. Anyway, Nadhiza post in there. N a d h e z a. She says, "One day at a time!" Exclamation point. I've never been one year sober in my life. I am great. I am a grateful member of AA Bulgaria. And I thank you guys, and the Sober Speak podcast is helping me along, big praying hands. And then she got a picture of a, a cake with a one burning on it, and a, a, a big AA symbol, and then a star. I don't know what the star is all about, but I love it, <laughs> and I think it looks great. So, Nad, he's a, a congratulations, and I'm glad we have some Bulgarians listening to the pod. And then this last one, before we get to Marty, David writes in and he says, good morning, John. I started, I started listening to your podcast in 2020. I have been waiting and waiting and waiting for this episode. Oh, we're talking about my episode though. Just in case you're not aware of it, uh, toward the end of the year, I released something, uh, a a recording of, of, of my particular story. Anyway, and he says, thanks for sharing your experience, strength and hope. Thank you for your vulnerability and for all of the work you do. I'm not a person who typically reaches out as evidence that I haven't emailed you since 2021. However, risk. Taking away, risking taking away from the positivity of my email to you, I was infuriated a couple of months ago by the voicemail. <laughs> I know what he's talking. <laughs> I was infuriated by the voicemail you played, where some a hole. I don't. just. I'll just say it as a hole was complaining about your introductions. To put it succinctly. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't want to read this as it is, but you'll get the gist here. F him, F his world, and F everything about him. That's <laughs> all right, David. He says, it's people like that that had kept me away from AA for 13 years. <laughs> He says, I love you, brother. I love the podcast, and I'm still attending meetings. It's a miracle. 15 years of sobriety by the grace of God. As a late Christmas gift, John, you can send me that guy's address, (laughs) and I'll go punch him in the throat for both of us. (laughs) well for me anyway and then he puts a big i kid i kid and a big smiley face laughing out loud (laughs) i get it we do not (laughs) uh we're not a proponent of violence here on the pod (laughs) but then he says happy new year to you and your loved ones david but i am happy to have david on my side (laughs) if we ever need to uh violent somebody <laughs> i know that's not the way to say that but i appreciate it thank you david all right now on to our featured guest this is mr marty c i love marty c and i know you were going to as well we have two episodes i'm going to release i think back to back on the four-step, this is the most in-depth we have ever gone with a four-step. Marty C. is brilliant at how he explains it. Uh, you're going to love it. It's going to help if you— uh, eat. So I would say you want to listen to this— Even if you've done 104 steps, right? Because you'll be able to, for me, uh, I really, I got a lot out of this. I was taking a lot of notes and it made me think about a lot of things. But nonetheless, uh, Marty C uh, goes in depth with with, uh, the the, uh, the, uh, step four. We're calling this step four part one with Marty C, the grudge list. This is the mechanics of the four step in depth. He talks about the AA waltz thoroughness and honesty how mr brown needs his ass kicked <laughs> our mistakes and faults which are not our part oh 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 our mistakes and faults uh and not necessarily and the fourth step does not say our far uh, uh, <laughs> did i just say fart <laughs> i think i did <laughs> But nonetheless, Marty explains how in the book it does not say our part, but it says our mistakes and faults, not farts. Nonetheless, enjoy Marty C. And we will have plenty more listener feedback at the end of this episode. Enjoy Marty. I'm so sorry, Marty. I'm so sorry. I love you, brother. Okay, everybody. So we are sitting here one more time. With the one and only Mr. Marty C. By the way, I want to go ahead and mention real quick, I, I know I mentioned this is the first time I ever talked to Marty, but there's a gentleman named Jason F. who actually referred me over to Marty. Uh, he's a great guy. In fact, Marty, uh, okay, before I start asking questions, let me let me go ahead. Have you introduce yourself, give your sobriety date if you wish, and tell people where you live in this great planet Earth of ours.
0: <laughs> Thanks, John. My name is Marty Cosgrove. I'm an alcoholic. I'm a member of uh the Prince George Group in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. That's where I hail from. And uh very nice to throw Jason's name in there. I'm very grateful for him putting this together, buddy. You're you're a really good man. I like what you do.
1: Oh, uh, you're you're very kind. Uh, so and Jason and I have been going back and forth on email uh lately. Um and I am like really so he's seen I believe he's seen you at workshops. He's seen a lot of other people at workshops. And I, you know, I've been to a ton of conferences, but I don't think I've ever been to a a weekend workshop. And I, you know, I've been kind of on the prowl looking to find something, especially down here. I'm hoping, you know, in Texas where I don't have to follow too far, uh, maybe we have some great people like yourself leading the meeting. In fact, are you coming down here to Texas anytime soon that you know of?
0: Nothing on the schedule yet. I just got cleared. Eh? I just got my border privileges just reinstated. And uh, I was I was in a big pickle since the beginning of COVID till now, just till a couple of weeks ago. I just got noticed. So I had to say no, 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 no. The first thing I'm doing is a Maryland State Convention. And then after that, I'm not sure where this is going to stretch out to. So that's, yeah, that's that's where that's at.
1: So, well, talk to me about the restriction. What, what was that all about?
0: Well, it's, you know, it was uh, – they called it the new Trumpism when I asked them down at the border in Detroit. They said they can't be so hard on the south border. They have to be hard on the on the north border. And I was coming through on a checkpoint, and the guy said, have you ever been – do you have a criminal record? And my son-in-law said, no. And I said, no, we were going down musky fishing in Kentucky. And then uh, the guy said, well, have you ever been in trouble before? And my son-in-law said, no. And I said, well, that's a different question. <laughs> <laughs> and boom, I got taken in. And I've got oh, a full. Yeah. I, I got a Queen's pardon. I don't have a criminal record anymore. But as you're aware,
1: what? you know, I
0: was framed a few times as a younger man, <laughs> and,
1: <laughs> and
0: and so so I, I but I thought that that was all gone. And uh, the fact of the matter is, they suspended my traveling privileges. It's been an absolute uh, uh, pain in the butt. However, when COVID shut down, I had just assumed that my traveling my my suspension of my traveling privileges was was also suspended. That's not true. After two and a half months, after fighting for it for so long, and then getting it last October, two years ago October, uh, I and then the whole world shut down on on January 2020. So I had it only from October till 2020. So you put now two years of saying no, 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 no to AA commitments in there. You you really do fall off the map, you fall off the charts. And I'm not terribly disappointed about that. I there's enough for me to do an AA without traveling abroad. But uh, it that'll start reopening now. You know, once once you start getting on a plane, that's when the calls start coming again. And it's like you get very busy very fast to the point where you're actually saying no. You know? So so that's what happened.
1: Well, let it be known that Mr. Marty C can now travel to <laughs> The Easy. United States of America. For Easy. those who are interested,
0: <laughs> one day at a time. <laughs> one day at a time. We'll see if your beautiful country will accept me back, because <laughs> because you got the best chicken wings in the world. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah. And I want to, you know, we were talking a little off mic and uh, I always like to get these conversations on, but as we were talking, I'm always going, in fact, many times I start these things out and people are talking and talking and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa hold on. I, I want to get that. Uh, I want to record that. You were talking about how you and your wife, I believe, were listening to the podcast yesterday. Uh, talk to me about
0: that. Well, for, Yeah. For for you listeners, anybody who picks this up on a regular basis, it's really good. Uh, it's a good idea if you talk to others about it as well just people in your meetings and stuff like that people you sponsor people you hang out with in recovery because this is awesome and I was just scrolling through just on the lark um, you know I got John's uh, email just confirming some of this stuff so I thought oh, I haven't looked on this I've been on the site for a while and I started scrolling so I thought, oh there's a talk of riches that I haven't heard so and, and I love rich and and so I popped rich on and my wife was in the, within earshot, and we laughed and, and uh, we were looking at each other with identification it was just a really good powerful talk and then she said, uh, uh, then she said, anybody else? And then I, I, I put on Bill, uh, Bill C. And, uh, again, I mean, John, you prompted him and prodded him and poked him in all the places that, uh, uh is, is so comfortable when I hear a talk of his. And, uh, and his lunacy was on full display. <laughs> so, so, I spent Saturday afternoon or Friday afternoon in in, in, in a jovial, uh, connected way with with all of you and all of you listeners. And that's why I think it's a fantastic venue. And you do such a good job. It's not just a, uh, necessarily the people you get. It's it's how you it's how you're able to sort of get us off our beam and talking and talking about just the, com- the comfortable stuff, you know.
1: Well, my job is the easy one. I mean, guys like you, I mean, you just have, like I said uh, earlier, you said, what are we going to talk about? I said, I don't know. You have content for days and days and days. And I I mean that as a compliment, uh, when it comes to Alcoholics Anonymous, especially, you know, you've been around a while, uh, you know, all the ins and outs of it. And that's what people want to hear about. So, all right. So last time we got together. We talked about uh, the steps. We talked about steps two and three of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, And and I want to pick that up uh, at step four here. So step four um, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Uh, It scares a lot of people, as you know. Uh, They'll see that when they come into the rooms, they read it on the wall and they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, I'll do some things, but wait, what do you mean searching in fearless moral inventory? So talk to me about that. What, What comes to mind for you?
0: Well, certainly, in my, in you know, in my own experience, um, and and I shared a little bit of that in the first couple of times we ever spoke, is that I was an alcoholic so a long time before I ever had a twelve step experience, and uh, and and in those first several years, um, you were absolutely correct, and, and, and around this this fearfulness around step four, and it wasn't driven from the the. the on the wall step, like made a searching the fearless moral mentor ourselves. I mean, if you were a knucklehead like me in in the in the early in the mid-80s and the early 90s, I didn't even know what that meant. And I didn't take the time to know what it meant. And nobody took the time to explain to me what it meant. So it wasn't relevant. When I would open up the 12 and 12, which all of us were sitting at 12 and 12 discussion tables, we would read about these more this moral sort of corruptness that existed inside of men at large, and especially alcoholics. And, we'd, and I'd identify with those things, with the people around me. And I would think that somehow we're doing some kind of an inventory of some type, or or there was something happening inventory-based. and uh, But none of us were right sitting down with a paper or pen and writing inventory. At some point, there was a, um, a recovery home in buffalo a recovery program a treatment center in buffalo called brylin and the brylin four-step inventory guide became a tool in the hamilton area in the southern ontario area that everybody began to use to do inventory and they would call it their fourth step because the guide on the front said the Four step inventory guide but it was completely unrelated to aa and had no aa content in it whatsoever the questions were driven specifically at childhood adolescence and three parts of adulthood and and they oh. were asked questions about you know things like did you um did you ever look at your dog with an extra fondness of those kinds of things? <laughs> did you ever did you ever hear your parents making love did you ever how did that make you feel did you ever uh inventory all of your thefts stuff like that so this is this is what the inventory was made up of and we were all passing this thing around and and, and i did one of those and and uh um, you know, probably was eight or nine years sober maybe when I got my hands on that. Nobody asked me to, suggest it to me, so many, you know, a group of us were, were going to give this thing a try. It wasn't like we were searching for anything. It wasn't like, well, hey, we better do these steps. <laughs> it was like, it was just this inventory thing. That's it, John. I don't even know how to frame that up any better than that. But it was the fellowship, the people in Alcoholics Anonymous that drove the fear of doing this inventory. I had a sponsee myself. A young person came to the table. They were sober for about a month. They were happy. They were happy. They were, their lives, their life had changed. And, and in a month, all the stuff had stopped you know the dan- of course they weren't well but all the pain and calamity that came in with had sort of dissipated and they were sharing that at a table and my brilliant sponsee speaks up and says oh yeah wait till you get a fourth have to do a four step then we'll see all that disappear and It was like i looked over and thought you <laughs> asked what, what are you doing you know he's tr- and and so the and he didn't even hadn't even done a four-step. You know I
1: mean?
0: <laughs> <laughs> he hadn't even done it before. The the general consensus in the in AA fellowship was that it's something to be feared. And so that was the message that was passed on to people coming into AA is it was something to be feared. And, and in the step itself said we made a fearless and searching moral inventory. It's, it's, there's something that happens in step three. When we were talking about talking about step four today, it's very hard to lay the foundation of the groundwork for step four until you recognize that you cannot do a fourth step unless you've taken a third step. And the third step is confirmed by the fourth step. He says, uh, we're not going to have any lasting effect. This third step experience we have when we go to God is not going to have any effect whatsoever unless it once followed by a strenuous effort to face and be rid of the things that block us. So there's a sort of, there's no gradual sort of connection. It's bang, bang. How do you know you've taken a third step? Because I'm writing a grudge list. How do you know you are writing? A, you know, you're, why are you writing a grudge list? Cause it took a third step. And I know that. So whatever. I
1: think that's real important. I, so I want you to repeat that again, because I know that there are a lot of people around all the various countries, over 200 countries that listen to us. Okay? Mm. And, um, Um, And and I've heard that before too, but I just kind of slow that down. How do you know if you've taken the third step? It's because why?
0: Because you're sitting with a pen and a paper in your hand doing a grudge list. You've embarked on mm-hmm. the process of examining your life. You've embarked on the process of an inventory. And and how the book relates to it is we're going to seek out these glaring flaws. We're going to look for these things in stock. We're going to look for these things that are, have been blocking us. And and so this connection that we're going for in the third step, you know, it's not going to come to any fruition. And It says not nothing is going to happen unless it once followed by this process. So a lot of people, and, and John, this was common, very much common in the 80s and 90s. And, and sometimes I still hear people say from the front of the room today is that there's this theory or this thinking that people go one, two, three, out. One, two, three, out. And they called it the the AA waltz or something like that. Right. Waltz, <laughs> they have a term for it. And it's like, that's not necessarily, I don't think, very accurate. I think that portrays something very different in the third step because you you cannot take a third step and not be writing in entering inventory it's impossible we made the decision to turn our will in our lives over the care of god so we make that decision the execution in that decision is this thing about it says it's, it says right there it says we got to go further it says right here right now is like the way we keep this all together this vital decision that we've made is not going to have any lasting or permanent effect unless it once followed by this so and it says it once. And, and these people, again, that say, Marty, man, you rush people through the steps and stuff. It's like, God, I, please understand. You're wrong. Right. <laughs> you're wrong. It's like, because it says it once. It says here at once. And I got to tell you, all I know is that if it isn't at once oftentimes it never happens. If somebody doesn't engage in a process, if I'm taking someone through the steps, we talk about powerlessness, the need for power, like it did in those first couple of weeks. And then I talk about that third step. We're talking about selfishness and self-centeredness and the way it plays a role in your life. And you're looking at this and you're ready to let God be God and you not. And they say, okay, so let's say this prayer. We say the prayer in a third step. And then what do we do? And we'll do that together. We'll take it with an understanding person. And, and, and it doesn't say sponsor there, but like, that's what I do. I do the third step prayer with guys. And I say, all right, what do we do now? I say, well, you got to write a list of you know resentments. You got to go through your life and just put down on a piece of paper, your grudge list. We call it a grudge list. That's what you do. That's how you start it. Once you start it, there's no place to stop. It's like a golf swing, like Charlie has always said, it's like a golf swing, you know, it's starting now. You don't you don't stop in the middle of it. This is the process It's starting now. And uh as a spiritual uh, endeavor goes, um it needs to be brought it needs to be brought entirely through, right? You can't it won't have any sort of bearing unless it's it's negotiated all the way through.
1: I liken it to when I was a kid and I would go to the various uh, church camps. Yeah, uh, and they were very well-meaning people. Uh, people wanted to help me out, and I would walk down the aisle. And yeah, I didn't do this very much. I didn't have a lot of church experience, but I remember a couple camps I went to, and I would walk down the aisles and I would give my life to Christ and such, and I, I really meant it. Uh, yep. But then, like two. Two two days, maybe a week later, I was back to living the same way I was living. And, and it's very similar to the third and the fourth step. In fact, in the third step, it says we were reborn, right? They use that kind of old timey language and such like that. So yeah. all right. So so there you have the mm, the the jumping off place, the, uh, the, the place where you're going to start on your journey with the four step. Now you do the third step and now you talked about the grudulous. Oh, and I also want to talk about that other piece that I really love when it goes into the four step right before you actually start writing. It says, we have straightened out. Or when we straighten out spiritually yeah. we straighten out mentally and physically can you talk about that a little
0: yeah well and again a sign of the times and this 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 literature was written at a time when uh, individuals came in a desperate desperate form and uh and, you know there were and you'll hear this a lot there were no detoxes or treatment centers there was there were some asylums and stuff like that but but again they they looked at they treated people mostly physically at first and and so when we get into this age of treatment centers and detoxes and stuff like that our order in, 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 the, in the recovery community, our order of operations here is that first we recover physically, then we recover mentally and seldom or if ever do we recover spiritually. That's how it exists today. And how can it? If people are coming from detoxes or treatment centers, the first thing is you get you dry out joint, you get one of those, those tumble dry, dry out joints and you get spun dry or whatever it's called. And then they give you all kinds of information about your alcoholism, Q exposure, you know, all that stuff about, that you're completely. You know, and I'm not putting down treatment. I'm not saying that. I'm saying this is what they go after. This is what they're funded to go after is, is give this person enough uh, tools to, tools to manage their alcoholism. That's the goal. you got 28 days to give them as many tools as you can so that they can go out from here and manage their alcoholism. And if you talk about spirituality at all, it's usually like a daily reading out of one of the Hazelden pieces. It's usually something like that and and you're supposed to sort of meditate on that or sort of uh, uh, you know ideologize on that how that fits for you. And the way you go. Now that is sort of 1980s, 90s, 2000s treatment for people with alcohol and drug addiction who who run into our system. In our book, it says first we straighten out spiritually. Now you got to remember uh, and my experience, so I'll go through all of this stuff is in my experience, July 16th, 1987, I hit my knees in a jail cell, not by choice, but by force. And I was brought to my knees in a jail cell and I screamed out for help. I don't want to live like this. I don't want to live like this anymore. And I heard a voice say, you don't have to, you don't have to live like this anymore. And I began to straighten out spiritually. And, and, and so. Over time, and I'm going to meetings, and I begin to straighten out mentally, and within a short period of time, I was a young man, I was 23 years old. The physical ramifications of alcoholism had not yet destroyed me physically, so I began to recover there very quickly. But that's the same way it unravels. You know, this connection with God, although very exposed, it it unravels very quickly. The ego restores itself, and it starts to say, nah, that was just a voice. It was a delusion. You know, that's that's how it comes up. Right. And, and but I'm, I'm damn it, I'm not drinking today one day at a time. And I'm now I'm relying on mental uh, mental sort of equity to to get through this day. And uh, the physical piece is, you know, when you think about Mark Houston or anything like that, like he's that's a big part of his recovery program was the physical fitness piece because it says that there. You know, first, spiritually, relationship with God. Secondly, relationship with you, mentally, my relationship in the world. How do I come to the world? How do I present? And then thirdly, my body. Am I looking after the temple that's carrying all of this stuff? So our, our, the essence of what happens with recovering alcoholics, not, uh, recovering alcoholics doesn't matter if they've been in a treatment center for 10 years or, or whatever. It doesn't matter. It's, it's Our recovery from alcoholism, according to Alcoholics Anonymous, is like that. It's still like that is one day all ideas of con- concepts and ideas that have been with me my whole life change and a new set of ideas and concepts are in there It doesn't matter if I'm sober thirty years bang it happens suddenly and boom I straighten out mentally and physically and it's very interesting like uh, that I find that that concept is very interesting that, that that because we strap time to things if we give things time as a sort of a modicum and it's not it's not real right it's not real it doesn't matter if a person is sober three days and has a profound spiritual experience for 30 years and then their life begins it doesn't matter there's no time in any of this not at all
1: Okay, so let's off, I go way off in that stuff. Oh, no, no, no. That, that's good. I love it. I love yeah. it. Um, oh, let me do a little break here real quick. All right, just. We will be continuing our conversation with Marty C. in just a moment. Just a reminder, you're listening to Sober Speak. You can find us on the World Wide Web at SoberSpeak.com. Uh, and there you will find approximately 170 or so other episodes you can listen to for free. You can also find the donate button on our website, which you can use if and only if the Spirit moves you. Please keep in mind, this is a podcast funded by you, the listener. All right, so back to Marty. So let's talk then about some of the mechanics right some of the like as you called it before we got on the call rolling up your sleeves right what a four-step looks like you're sitting down with a guy and he's going all right marty i'm ready i am i'm ready to to give my all to the program and uh take another direction in my life i've been reborn i'm ready to move forward so what do you have them do uh after that point
0: Oh, boy. I love meeting those guys. (laughs) They're rare. (laughs) Those guys you're just (laughs) describing. They're rare. Um, I meet a lot of starters, not a lot of finishers. (laughs) But uh, I will say this. That's an exciting time for a sponsor. So anybody out there who isn't working with people or sponsoring people, you have to understand is what John just described is, I, I I could cry. I'm getting goosebumps right now because we've been charged with a responsibility and obligation to help people's lives be restored. That's that's what we're charged with. We have information they don't have. So anybody who downplays the mechanics or says that there isn't mechanics here, you're, not only are you wrong, you're really doing a, a disservice to uh, the continuity of the message. This Alcoholics Anonymous message has been watered down enough by people trying to do it their own way. We have a mechanical sort of aptitude in, the, in our inner literature. It tells us exactly what we did. It tells us exactly what the first number of people did and it tells us exactly what we did. And so when I when that message has continuity, when that, that message gets carried over to the person I share it with, that's what they will do when somebody comes to them. And once that starts to happen, we have now we have a network of guys who know exactly what each other's done. It wasn't everybody's own program. It was my AA program, my AA program, <laughs> you know, you know. See, you, hey, we'll see you later, Cheryl. See, God bless you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Who's leaving?
0: That's my friend Cheryl. she's a she's a lovely, lovely human being.
1: well tell Cheryl she just made it into a podcast episode. <laughs> I don't
0: know if she knows it or not. She'll be thrilled.
1: <laughs> By the um, way, I meant to ask you. I'm completely going off the trail of <laughs> uh, the track now, but you have a a jacket and a tie behind you is that for when you get like on a a zoom meeting and like it's not just me and you or something like that because you come from a background if i'm not mistaken that says i I dress up for particular types of events am i right
0: 100 percent of the time uh one time on zoom i spoke probably I don't know. I want to guess how many hundreds of times I spoke on Zoom in the last two and a half years, but one time I didn't have a shirt and tie on, and it bothered the hell out of me. It's because I was fishing. <laughs> I was away fishing and I forgot the shirt and tie. So I apologized profusely with a sweatshirt on. I thought, and, and you know, it was my sponsor who said it a long time ago, but it was Mark Huston who confirmed it. And uh, a lot of people I know, is just, it's, it's about repping AA. It's the same as on here. It's like, if somebody turns this podcast on, John, all I want them to hear or feel or, or experience is the love I have for Alcoholics Anonymous. I put that jacket and tie on because I love AA. It's because I love it. And I'm going to show up in the best way that I can. And that's, that's all, you know. Yeah, well, I wasn't always like. It wasn't always like that. For years, I'd wear a tank top that said "bite me" or something
1: like that. <laughs> Speak
0: from the front of the room. <laughs> I didn't have to. Walk. That's not. A
1: I I uh I one time went to speak at a uh, a treatment center and I had gotten dressed that morning and I was in school and a long story short I had a free T shirt on I didn't even think about it but it was a Heineken T shirt and oh, I was nice. like oh my god and so I had to apologize to the whole uh, uh, you know I didn't have time to go home and change and I'm speaking oh, to this beautiful. group about experience strength and hope and I have a Heineken T shirt. on. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, nonetheless, all right. So let's go back to the back meat to the here. Mechanics.
0: Back to the mechanics. So, yes. so thank you. Uh, thank because I'll try to get through that. The nece- like the necessity of that a is for the continuity of the message. If John takes somebody through the uh, through the steps a certain way, and I take um, somebody through the steps the same certain way, we've now set <clears throat> the table for three, and 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 all the language will be very similar. And is that important? I think, yeah, I think it is. I don't want to see that individualism. No, our, liter- our traditions say that no group respects the individual more than Alcoholics Anonymous. No society respects the individual more than Alcoholics Anonymous. But there's a, a, a thing here that respect around what it is that we have. The 12 steps really are, it's not like you can do them your way and you can do them your way. That's what we got, but that's not, that's not working. It's not working. So these mechanics are something like this. It tells us that we're going to come out of this third step and we're going to make a grudge list. It says which says that. We're going to get a piece of paper and on that paper we're going to set about our grudges. And it says, where was I sore, hurt, threatened, burned, pissed. I wrote pissed off in my book. Pissed off, upset, interfered with ever in my life. I put that down. Just the names, the principles, the institutions. I just put those things down on the paper. Nothing else. That's all That's all my I'm asking for as a sponsor. said, so you just give me that list. I'm going to give you a few days on the list, maybe a week. i just just want you to hammer out that list okay you call me when you think it's done
1: by the way do you care if anybody puts it on a a, a, a yellow pad or whether they put it in an excel spreadsheet i mean everyone's got a different way i mean do you have any preference
0: no i i brian and myself who do these workshops we uh we we came he came across a very interesting line one time that i thought was not only hilarious, but pertinent. He said, we don't meet people in Alcoholics Anonymous who do their their uh, four steps wrong. We meet people in Alcoholics Anonymous who don't do their four steps at all. Right. <laughs> we meet people who get drunk who don't do them at all. It's not that they did them wrong. I've never met anybody get drunk because they did their four step wrong.
1: Okay. You know,
0: and, and and so, so, hey, the, the mechanics, I believe it's very important to stick to the mechanics. Um, Wrong or right, I don't think there's an issue there. There's not an issue. I'm not going to correct it. I'm not going to edit it. I'm not going to – but if, you, if I give you the specific directions that the big book gives and you follow those directions, then you and I will not have anything to discuss about uh, right or wrong. That will never come up. You know, and this thing I do like, John. When when I'm doing this the step, do group in my basement with the boys, when t- I take about 18, 20 guys through the steps, you know, every, every spring and fall. And so when I do that, sometimes I'll say to them, uh, uh they still say, Well, they'll say, Last question, what kind of papers? I said, Well, go over to the dollar store there and buy one of them ledger things, you know, that has all bunch of columns already on it, save it the time to make the columns. <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. Canada, man, we got a lot of trees here. You know, you don't have to worry about how much paper you use, even if you were a dirty, rotten scoundrel. Uh, You know, so that's it. So you got this piece of paper and you got this grudge list. Right on the top says grudge list, and you got this piece of paper and you got that. Now you make an appointment. So
1: for people who may not know what you're talking about when you say a grudge list, right? The resentment list, kind of walk them through, you know, the basics of the book and what they mean by a grudge list.
0: Okay, so. We find out in step when we're, when we're doing a sort of in, information stuff around step three, even when I'm spending time with people, is it's manifestations of self that has caused our problems. It's not what we think it is. It's manifestations of self and the fact that we continuously try to manage our lives. And we, in that case, then we don't have a God. We, we don't have God. So in the third step, when we're asking to, to be connected to this place, we need to get rid of the things that are blocking us. And we know what's resentment, fear, and our sex conduct, the conduct in our lives, of our relationships. We know those things. So we, there's been that's it's all we're going to be looking at. It's the only areas. They're manifestations of self. That's what we call them. And everybody has different manifestations and how they uh, range. Like, like these are just the three that are common to alcoholics. I, I say this to my guys sometimes. I got guys who who just are are women crazy, and the manifestation of their self is really showing up in in their relationship lives and how they pursue women and all that kind of stuff. What they think about women and tre- how they treat women and 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 that and their sex conduct is horrific. But they're not that resentful. They get along pretty good with most people, do little harbor resentments. And their fears aren't huge, but their sex conduct. Now, then you got a guy like me. My chief manifestation is my resentment. I could get pissed off at anything. And then I have very little fear and I have a moderate sex conduct uh, issue life. So resentment is my number one offender. You know, so we all have these manifestations in different ways. They show themselves in different ways. And when you hear uh, uh, Katie talking about an expanded third column and and, and more, more work that needs to be done in that third step, that's what she's talking about is how are these things showing up in our lives? Okay, you know you got lots of resentment. You know you got lots of, but where are they showing up? How are they showing up in your life? What did they rob from you? What did they take from you? How did they block you? How did they? And you start to examine that stuff when you're sober for a little while. When we're talking, you and I are talking in this call. We're talking about first run through. I'm taking a guy through the steps for the first time. You know, so when we talk about this, uh, uh, this grudge, this we look at resentment. We we'll go back through our lives. Nothing counts but thoroughness and honesty. It doesn't say accuracy. It's his thoroughness and honesty. I got to be as truthful as I can and I have to be as, as thorough as I can. And I'll exhaust the list. So I put my dad, my mom, my sister, my brothers, I put them down. I put my, my great my boss when I was 12 years old and you know, I, I put these things, I put down Mr. C, the area candy man who abused me. I put, I put these things down, I put these names down, right? And that's all I'm doing It's just putting these names down. Institutions. I don't like the police. I don't like jails and prisons. I don't like the prison system. You know, that's what I put down. Principles. My old man used to say, oh, I really missed the boat on that one. And and it was a constant sort of theme in our house that we just missed the boat. You know what I mean? And that, you know, hard work would get you this and hard work would get you that. And these were principles that I rejected and I resented because that's not what I saw. It's not, they were not consistent in my life. So I put those things down on my resentment list. So it's like, I have these things on this, on this list. And I go, Oh man. And and I've done some pretty good work and I'm pretending like I'm a new guy right now. I've done some, I've done some good work. I've been doing this for three or four or five days, six days. I call my sponsor, I say, I got, got this grudge list. I, I'd like to sort of, and that's when you start talking about taking it through the columns.
1: Okay. So now you've got the columns, right? And you have the three. And what are the, <laughs> what are the, uh, I've heard Bill C talk about, or somebody, the 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 T-shirts that you can buy at the conferences that said <laughs> "Mr. Brown sucks." Mr. Or what, Brown. what is that? Mr.
0: Brown. Yeah. So what happens with Mr. Brown? Well, Bill Wilson gave a great example, and the thing is, and I want people to understand this: is read your big book. You read your big book for yourself. I was 23 years old and probably had read this. At some point, when I was first sober, or saw it in prison, or whatever, I saw this this example that Bill gives us um, on on the fourth step, and he says, "I'm resentful at Mr. Brown the cause." When you look at the cause, it says his attention to my wife. Right? I'm 23 years old. Don't have a whole lot of relationship success in my own life and what I was witness to my entire life growing up. I don't know anything about fidelity or honesty or security in marriages. I don't know anything about that. So really, that doesn't mean anything to me. It sounds like an ancient sort of thing that's being his attention to my wife. And then it says he might get my job at at the office. And then it says something like he told my wife about my mistress. (laughs) Now I got to tell you, 23, 25, 28, I thought that was lame. I thought, why the hell would you be upset about that stuff? Now I'm fifty eight and I look at that and I think he's hitting on my wife. He tells my wife about my girlfriend and he's trying to get my job. <laughs> and then that's where the, that's where Bill Cleveland and all those guys laugh and they tease and they say the t shirt says Mr. Brown needs his ass kicked. Because <laughs> when we're doing the workshops, Brian and I are doing the workshops, we'll use that as an example. I say, so what do we know about Mr. Brown? <laughs> All we know about Mr. Brown and Mr. Brown needs is asking. And that's that t-shirt. And, and the fact is, is like, hey, Bill Wilson, the key to this, the beauty of this is in a very concise way, in a very, I think it's 17 words. I haven't got my book in front of me here, but I think it's like 17 words, something like that. He describes these resentments and they are huge. They're not small resentments. These are huge resentments. And like I said, when I was 23, 25 and judging uh, erroneously, this thing I looked at as lame. What's the problem? Well, I'm insane when I'm looking at this. My, my, My lights aren't on. They're not clear. And I don't I'm at it not just I'm I am looking at it from a moral standpoint and thinking, what's the problem here? Because I don't have any morality. Now I've got four daughters, I've been married for 30 years, I've got and I look at this now and I go, my, not just is my moral, my own personal morality alive, I recognize that in the eyes of God, this may have been deplorable. This might, it might have been abhorrent behavior. So wow, well, have I changed? You <laughs> know, the book's the same, but it's like Holy crap! Those were serious resentments, man. Like I, you know, th- I think about it today. I think about if, if, if any of that's I'm not a jealous guy or anything like that. But if any of this guy was trying to hit him and I tells my wife about my mistress and is trying to scoop my job at the office, I might have a problem with that. <laughs> you know, I, I may have a problem with that. So,
1: and then Mrs. Jones also. I like her. So yeah. She's a nut. She snubbed me. Yeah. Yeah. She committed her husband for drinking, and he's my friend. She's a gossip, so this, yeah. that could cause an issue too.
0: Well, and, and, hey, as an example, as an example, Bill Wilson's inventory example there is fantastic. I don't know how many people have ever done it, but when we go through this talk, hopefully we get through it all here. In this, is you'll, you'll if you can take Bill's first three columns because we have the, the book in its typeset, apparently, was set up in such a way that those first three columns were given us as an example. But the next couple, the next bit of information that we're going to get into, which is the real inventory, is in text on the next page. So you have that example, and then you're given the instructions and the next bit of information on on, on the next page. And it's very, it's very, if you get time to take Bill Wilson's inventory through the through the whole inventory, you'll, you'll see what could come out the other side of that. And you, you cannot shake your head. When I talk about that Bryland four-step inventory guide or the Hazleton inventory guide that asks you specific questions, this does not do that. This does not ask you any specific questions. This says, who am I mad at? And it says, what's the cause? And it's very specific. There's no, there's either there, the information's either there or it's not. There's no right or wrong answer. And then it says, how does it affect me? And we're not left to assess how it affects me. We're not junior therapists. We're not psychologists. We're, we're not at All we have to do is multiple choice. Did it affect my self-esteem, my personal relations? Did it affect my security, my ambitions? I'm, I got multiple choice, seven areas of myself that it could have affected. And, and I put that down and just write that down. Security, personal relations. i write down how. In the first three columns, whom I'm mad at, why, what they do what happened and then the last column is how did it affect me my pride personal relations you know so those first three columns are are what bill gave us an example to the real work is coming from that information
1: all right, so now we're going to. Well, I mean, some people, some people say there's no fourth column listed, but there is information you need to put in, and whether you want to call it a column, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So, talk about that next piece to their grudge list.
0: So, I want to, I want to, like, I want to be clear here that I, there's nothing. I don't add anything to the big book or anything like that. But there is work to be done here, and, and in order to know that I have done the work, especially me with a lot of resentment, there's a lot of. So so I have this next little piece of work that I put in there, John, and I just put a little P or a check up in the in strip, little strip column. And what it stands for is there's a sick man prayer, a four-step prayer in there. And if I do the prayer, I put a check mark. And I do the prayer beside each person. And, and if if, I, if I'm if i pushing here, I put it through in each infraction, I'm going to say this prayer. And what I mean by that, this fourth man prayer, the sick man prayer, is one of the greatest gifts that Alcoholics Anonymous has ever given me. It says, the book says we're going to be ready to look at it from an entirely different angle. And it starts to examine the idea that if I can look at these people and I can see these people as perhaps spiritually sick, and perhaps is the caveat, I'm not there to judge them. They are, they aren't. It's like I had one guy say, my sainted mother was not sick. So that's not what it's saying. It's saying was perhaps your mother spiritually sick, which simply means was there times that perhaps she wasn't connected to this power? And if the answer is yes, I say, God, help me, save me from being angry. It's The book says that we'll, we'll say a prayer for them and cheerfully grant them the same thing with a sick friend, all that kind of stuff, when we ask where we can be helpful to this person. But the real prayer, the prayer here in the four-step prayer, sick man prayer, is God save me from being angry, which goes very much in contradiction to what I was told in the first 15 years when I was Alcoholics Anonymous about when I would get mad, it would tell me if you have a resentment and you can't be free of it, then you pray for that person for 14 days, asking for them that they have all the things that you would wish for themselves. And after the 14 days, that resentment will be gone. Not only is that horse shit, that is not AA. That is not <laughs> AA. This is AA. Is I'm resentful at this. Sorry about that. You can. Take it <laughs>
1: no, no. <laughs> beep, beep. So you're fine.
0: <laughs> so, uh, so when I get, but this is this is one thing that I'm very serious about because because uh, I, you know I was sexually assaulted by a, a man in my neighborhood, and could I perhaps see him as spiritually sick? The answer was yes. Yes, I can. And it says uh, God, like it doesn't ask me to pray for him. And if I, if I want to pray for him, I can, but say two prayers. One for him, that he, whatever, and he's been long gone, by the way. And the other, but the other one, was, it says right there, it's just, this is the prayer. God, save me from being angry. Why? Because my resentment towards that man and the things that he did have almost killed me. And I've hurt a lot of other people in the interim. So save me, God, save me from being angry. Now, I'm just doing the work. I'm going across. I'm just doing the work, right? I do the list down in the grudge list. But now when I'm plugging it in, I'm going across, right? I'm I'm plugging it in down and I'm going down and I'm going down the third column. But now I'm going into this place where I'm looking at this guy and I'm saying, okay, God save me from being angry. See? Mm. So that's, that's, that's the first part of moving into this thing that I said is life changing stuff. It doesn't say I have to forgive him. It doesn't say I have to have gritted teeth. It doesn't say any of that stuff. It says, God save me from being angry. That's the prayer. Now, What does any of that mean? It means now I can move into the next piece of the work. And again, I don't have my book in front of me, but what it says is the first thing we're going to do is we're going to look at that. at What did the guy do to me? What did that person do to me? And in in the case of my father, for example, who was at the top of my list, what did he do to me? Well, he beat me. He beat my mother. He beat my siblings. Um, He drank our... A law, oftentimes our, our savings away. he 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 caused embarrassment to me. We'd be in a line, you know uh, getting extra cans of groceries because there was a limit of six, and he'd chew out a fourteen year old cashier because the price of tomatoes went up from nine cents to fourteen cents and and I would be I would be humiliated and and these are the ideas that come up that had never come up to me in all the years that i was in the hole in prison and all these those the things that i was thinking about this is what makes this different than any other inventory it's just these are the things that start what they do to him i i he i kept him up at night i i lied to him i i cost him bail i took money away from our family because i kept getting into the trouble with the law on and on and on right very, again, very easy to do. And our, and our indication says, our, our book says, our literature says, where was I selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, or frightened? So I start tagging those behaviors in my last column that I'm writing this stuff. I start tagging those behaviors. I lied to my father. Dishonest, selfish, self-seeking. I stole from my father. Lying, dishonest, self-seeking, dishonest, self-seeking, dishonest, selfish, selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, dishonest, selfish, 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 dishonest, self blah, blah, blah. Now, can't you go to the guy who molested me? I look at that last column and said, what did I do to him? I remember I was in Philadelphia. There was 1,200 people there, and I'm doing a four-step. And I, and I said, what I do to him? And somebody in the back room says, you went for candy. And I said, I was eight. <laughs> you know, it's like, I didn't. And someone said, how about nothing? How about nothing? How about, yeah, okay, how about nothing? I did nothing to him. And the book says, even though maybe we had done nothing. But then it says, the book says this, and this is the piece a lot of people miss, John, in the four-step. It says, okay. Taking that person out of the mix entirely, we ask ourselves, have we ever done these things to people? And that guy that molested me, he betrayed me, he lied to me, he manipulated me, he, he used me. he You see what I'm saying? These are the things he did in the second column. And I look to myself, okay, take Mr. Carmen out of it, take Mr. C off the table. He's not, we're not talking about him anymore. Have I ever done these things in the second column to anybody? Holy crap, Ola, that last column of my inventory starts filling up. I've never done anything to that guy that hurt me. I'm resentful, hatefully resentful toward him my whole life. But have I ever done those things to people? Lied, betrayed, preyed upon people, used people. Oh my God, the list starts filling up. And it's like my heart melts because I know, I know now then I'm moving into something much bigger than I could have ever done with a, a book and a question and an answer period. And beside it, I'm tagging it all was a selfish, dishonest, self-seeking or frightened I tag it all. And this is what happens. So I say that I say the sick man prayer. I look at it from the first angle, what did I do to him? And then it says dismissing the other person entirely. I look at well, in that second column. Have I ever done those things to people? And that makes up my inventory. And I got to tell you, um, Again, with new guys, I won't leave them alone to do it. They'll struggle and I won't leave them alone to do it, but I'll push them through it and I'll push them. I'll push them through it. I won't push them on the information. I won't make up stuff for them, but I'll tell them, don't be blocked by this. Don't don't let your ego creep in here and say, ah, don't worry about it. No. No, no, it's coming to heart. It's coming to mind. It goes down on paper, and that's that's what makes up the context of the resentment inventory. And I tell you, uh, the power behind it is amazing. And and when I do these workshops and stuff like that, it's often there that I have people coming up to me and saying, "I never saw that other piece. I never saw that other piece. It was what did I do to him?" And most people would, "What did I do to him in relation to the resentment?" They wouldn't even like be able to connect. You know, I'm mad at my mother. Why? Because she beat me. And then you get to the last column and like, well, I never hit her. And now, honestly, that's, that's how their ego would sort of conceptualize this, this thought for them. So I never hit her. You know? mm, that's not what it says. It's, it's my mistakes and faults. It doesn't say my part in the resentment, which again is AA lip flap and party line BS. We've, 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 that's been around for a long time where I'm looking for my part. Nowhere in there does it say anything about our part. It says we look for our mistakes and faults. It doesn't say our part. And that's very important to, to, to hear because how how groupthink manages and, and, and manifests is for years, I'm, for 10 years, I'm taking guys through the steps in my basement. I drew up the sheets, the four-step sheets they were going to use. I drew the columns. And having done this, having had this experience with Mark, having gone through this process, my last column said my part for years. Right on the top, my part i don't know it was charlie or i can't remember who it was. someone said to me uh so those are the sheets you use i said yeah they are and i said where does it say my part anywhere well <laughs> on my sheets <laughs> i didn't even know it was there and that's how powerful groupthink can be you
1: know. okay so Let's do this. This is a real deep dive, which I am absolutely loving, Marty. Okay. Let's next time we get together, uh, talk about kind of finish up with the resentments and then we'll get into the fear and the sex part. And we'll just make it a, a a two parts regarding the four step. Are you okay with that? Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. You know what? Yeah, absolutely, buddy. The thoroughness around this, I I, I think, is so important. And and thank you for valuing that because this isn't just about me blowing smoke here. This is taken straight out of the literature and fed back, you know.
1: Right. I get it. I get it. All right. So let me end up with page 164 from the big book, and then we'll schedule some more time and we'll get back together, okay? It says, abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. That's what we're talking about here. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us, like me and Marty C., as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then once again marty i appreciate you spending time with me here sharing your experience strength and help with the listeners
0: thank you man brother thank you thanks for having me
1: as i mentioned on the beginning of this episode we are going to have more from marty c a whole nother episode diving into step four uh, coming up here in the near future so be sure to look out for that i may in fact I probably will have it next week. It's a long story of what's going on in my brain, but just trust me. Uh, I'm a little bit on the fence, but I'm probably going to release it next week. Uh, with that being said, if that episode meant something to you and you enjoyed it, please pause your device and share it with a friend or family member. Guess what? It may be just what they need today. We don't want you sharing your gossip but we would love for you to share that episode with a friend or family member. Now, on to a little bit of uh, additional listener feedback. As you know, we had some on the front end, and now we're having some on the back end. Ah, uh, my... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my my brain. I'm not going to tell you what I'm thinking. All right. <laughs> I'm just gonna go on with a little bit of listener feedback. That's not the first time that has happened, and you would think that I wouldn't make myself laugh about the exact same things several times over in my life, but I don't know why. It just, uh, <laughs> it just makes me giggle. All right, everybody. I'm like a I'm like a a, a third grader who just learned. <laughs> I remember my my kids. when they learned uh there's a there's a sporting goods store most of you here in the united states will probably know about it if you're international you probably but but uh there was a uh, there still is a a place it's called dick's sporting goods (laughs) my kids when they were at school and they (laughs) learned that that uh that word could have another meaning. (laughs) They just thought that was the funniest thing. And they just went with it for almost a year. (laughs) So sometimes I feel like my kids, but nonetheless, here we go. All right. On to some additional listener feedback so we can get this episode over with and get to another one. I'm sorry. I'm dragging this out. Tony, DMs on the IG. He says, uh, "Hi John, this is Tony D from Norway." He says, "I'm currently about thirty thousand feet up in the air on my way to Dubai. I've recently listened to Random Thoughts." Oh. So what he's talking about is I made an episode where I had some random thoughts one Saturday night, I still remember it, and I just came up to the microphone and I put it out there. It's like a 10-minute episode. If you want to go look it up, you can. If not, no big deal, but it's called Random Thoughts. He says, "You, you have this effect on everyone who listens. I think we have to remember that even the saints were not faultless after their conversion. I met myself in the door recently. I've had episodes where I I have been so full of alcoholic anxiety, I really want to drink. I was scared. I honestly thought death uh, instead of that merry-go-round. I couldn't do it again. I discovered my source of anxiety. I aired it with fellows and my wife, and I felt I could breathe again. No saint. I screw up on a daily basis. I try to correct my wrongs the best I can, which I believe I manage. The love and appreciation for my family, you conveyed. The thankfulness and love-filled gratification for those around us, you nailed it. Take care, brother. Tony d god bless you tony d in norway thank you for writing in my friend and uh uh thanks for letting us be a part of your journey i appreciate it terry writes in and terry says uh hi john i just listened to your episode now and she's talking about the episode where i shared my story uh thank you so much terry she says thank you for being so vulnerable and touching touching. You all by yourself make me believe this program works. The story at the end about leaping off the edge and flying made me cry because it's so true. It has taken me so long, but with the help of wonderful people in AA, I finally think I have pushed me to where I can take that leap. They have pushed me to where I can take that leap." The visual would be forever locked in my brain. Thank you so much for that visual. It is beautiful. You are the best, Terry. Well, Terry, I would beg to differ. I would say you are the best, and it takes all of us. And uh, like I told you in my email, I was in and out for three years, and those were not fun years. And God bless you. I'm glad that visual can help you. And, uh, but keep in mind, it's all of us in this together. Michelle writes in and Michelle says, hello, John. Long time. No email. It was nice to meet you in person several weeks ago. Oh, at the Sober Speak live event. Yes. Yes. I remember you, Michelle. She says, uh, you may be wondering why I'm emailing you, but I was driving one and a half hours tonight I'm running a 5k at midnight laugh out loud and I needed a podcast or two so I pulled yours up and of course it was great hearing your story I too have a mother with mental health issues and she is currently not speaking to me or my sister also when you said someone named Bob uh, you you asked someone named Bob to be your sponsor I thought it may be the guy in the fancy suit uh, and in a weird coincidence, that podcast played right after yours on, and that very Bob being interviewed on a different podcast. Well, uh Michelle, I, I know who you're talking about. That is Bob C. And he's actually been on my podcast in the past. And I love Bob C. He's been sober for 60 years, but that is not my sponsor. My sponsor is Bob L and he attends the Carrollton group. And he says, then she says, lastly, my family and I just went to Ireland and loved it. So when you read that Irish poem, I started crying. My favorite Irish blessing is may the road, may the road rise up to meet you. She doesn't say it in an accent here. I'm just kind of throwing that in for a little effect. But she says, thank you for all your great podcast. Happy New Year, Michelle. God bless you, Michelle. And when we have another Sober Speak podcast, when we have another Sober Speak live, I hope to meet you in person again. Uh, but anyway, thank you for writing in. And man, that's a pretty, uh, that's pretty serious stuff. They're uh, running a 5K at midnight. That is fantastic. Heather writes in and Heather says, uh, happy new year. There's nothing better than waking up sober and listening to sober speak. <laughs> well, thank you. She says your story uh, uh, on your podcast was so beautiful and heartfelt. No words to explain the feelings I had when listening. Thank you for finally sharing and releasing your story. I'm sure it will help a lot of people. My husband and I have been listening to your podcast for over a year. We are both two years sober this time around. Thank God, sobriety. uh, Oh, through God and sobriety, we were married in October after seven years. Listening to your story helped in our own parent issues. Well, that's good to hear. I appreciate that, Heather. She says, my father was 32 years sober and I went and went back out and died with one year and a half one year and a half of relapsing this year it has been hard on our family as he was the rock that helped get his four children sober throughout the years oh my goodness thank you for all that you do in your prayers and continuing on your journey through god much love and respect heather c well much love and respect back out to you give your husband my best and i uh, i'm glad my story could help in some small way Shane writes in and Shane says, Hello, John, I live in Washington State. I found your show on TuneIn Radio under the search for Alcoholics Anonymous. I find myself in the hospital under mandatory detainment for alcohol and endangerment to myself again. I heard a lot of good stuff on your show. It has helped me in my spiritual condition as I've laid here with drawing. I'm 35 with a sponsor, but I'm now ready more than ever to live a sober life, which requires daily work and meetings. The Bach lady, he recalls her, the Bach lady, he's talking about Holly D., Uh, who is on another episode. Uh, Holly D had a, a, in particular, wild tale with early childhood drinking that gave a, uh, that gave a lost case like me, excuse me, a lot of hope. Thank you for helping me with meeting between meetings. Shane, hang in there, my friend. And I hope by the time you hear this, you're done detoxing uh, and you're out and on your way. Keep me posted. I Elaine writes in, and uh, Elaine says, "Hi, John M. I've just recently listened to the podcast. I like Sarah G. the most. I live in Washington State, home for me. I lived in upstate New York for 13 years, and it's very different. I'm going through a really rough patch right now. Right, right now, I am four years sober." uh since June the 15th of 2018 but this is my first time single and alone in sobriety it has been challenging i'm 56 and my health declined rapidly i have 3 autoimmune diseases and my fiance dumped me tired of being my caregiver i guess and i believe is looking to date what was my best friend Wow, She recently told me that our friendship isn't a good fit for her. I assume because she feels guilty about being attracted to my ex. I'd be a country song. (laughs) She says, I'd be a country song if I had a truck. (laughs) I'm glad you can put a little humor in there, (laughs) Elaine. (laughs) Eddie, she was just... (laughs) Where <laughs> she says, at any rate, I found silver Speak uh, in Stitcher and I enjoy it. Thanks so much for providing it to those who can't get a meeting on a regular basis all the time, Elaine. P.S. Oh my God, I just found Holly D and she is my favorite. Thank you. So she, like she said, she likes Sarah G. She likes Holly D. And uh, Holly D., if you haven't heard that one either, it's probably five or six episodes back from this one. Anyway, I appreciate you uh, writing in, uh, Elaine, and and good luck with all your uh, uh, troubles there. As they say, keep coming back. It works if you work it. Um, and it uh, sounds like you're on the right path. Jesse DMs me on Instagram, and he says, Hey there, John M., I just wanted to tell you how much I enjoy your podcast and how much it's helping me to get to that point of finally being done with drinking. I have had a problem with drinking for the better part of 8 to 10 years now. I just turned 34, and I'm totally convinced I'm powerless over this. I listened to an episode with Marty C. today. Well, hey, you, you may have just heard this episode. With Marty C again. Um, Anyway, he says I just listened to an episode with Marty C today, and I real and it really clicked with me. And I said when he said, "I can't stop when I start, and I can't stop starting." That's where I'm at. I'll get a few days here and there, a week, and sometimes a few weeks. It always ends up with my addiction making the same tired resolutions. It will be different this time. Only a six-pack on weekends, only a social drink, etc. etc. The same old lies lets me down and, and the same old lies and lets down to leave me more and more defeated. I have a beautiful family, a great career, and so much to be thankful for, yet somehow I never fully surrender. We've been there, Jesse. The same old lies uh, and let down to myself. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. I read the same paragraph again. I popped back in on a meeting once in my area, Waxahachie. Uh, And it was about four or five months ago, but I didn't go back. I let the addiction convince me once again, I was quote, okay, but I wasn't. And I was off to the races again. I am going to get into the program, get a sponsor and start working the program. Thanks for all you do. Uh, and and help everyone who is struggling, Jesse. Well, Jesse, you can't see me. I'm giving you a little namaste hands right now. God bless you, my friend. I appreciate it, and uh, keep coming back, friend. It works if you work it. Brian writes in, and uh, the subject line is episode 272. That happens to be the episode that uh, moi, John M, is on. Anyway, he says, um, what an awesome story, John. My mom had bad OCD while I was growing up as well. This is one of my favorite episodes ever Brian G well thank you brian z Brian g and i 'm glad you found something you could relate to in there and uh, man, it was not easy. I can tell you that for me. I doubt it was for you either. Trudy post in the super secret Facebook group. Mm-hmm. And she says yesterday there's a lot of posts like this but for whatever reason I just drew this one out basically cuz you know it mentions sober speaking and I know Trudy's been along with the ride for sober speak for a long time. She says yesterday I celebrated 4 years of recovery. AA sponsors, steps and of course God's grace was possible for this Irish Catholic drunk lady to recover recover, not cured. I am so humble and grateful. I listen to the Sober Speak podcast. The guests are amazing. And John's laugh makes me giggle. Happy New Year and God bless. And she has a picture of herself with her fingers holding up her chip. And uh, it's so nice to hear from you, Trudy. And wow, hard to believe that's been four years. I think you've been listening since the very beginning of your recovery and God bless you. I'm glad. Uh, uh, I'm so glad you've gotten to four years. Anna writes in and Anna says uh, she was going back and forth. We were talking about, uh, uh, I didn't know what a B was when she wrote in. So I asked her what it was. And she was uh, talking about the, the episode that she had heard of mine with my mom and anorexia and bulimia. And she says, AB is, quote, anorexia slash bulimia. My understanding is that OA was founded on the basis of AA and primarily designed for compulsive overeating. Very much like in the doctor's opinion on drinking, a mental obsession and physical compulsion and more. Anorexia, physical Uh, sexual etc is the opposite of this spectrum still uh, still a compulsion obsession and a progression but for less and less and less I feel like the thing is is that your mom was sick in a very in very much the same way as you I know you know this but when you found the box of cards but she really Uh, but she really did do the very best that she could with what she had you're right Anna and I do realize that we're the lucky ones we get to do it different I often think that they're looking down on us and cheering us on happy new year and thank you again for your healing work bless you Anna best or bless you best Anna I do realize that thank you very much Anna and I appreciate all the uh, the kind words and input. John H. writes in and he says, hey, my sponsor kept talking about Sandy B. So I Googled him and your podcast came up. I have listened to very few of them at this point, but I like them very much. I work at Staying Green in the program. And this helps me to hear something good with each podcast I hear. Well, John H., keep on keeping on there, brother. And I'm glad you found us. Addison DMs. On the Instagram, and she says, hey, John, we were going back and forth about something. She says, hey, John, wow, I feel like I'm talking to a celebrity. (laughs) Laugh out loud. Well, if that's the truth, Addison, we must redefine what a celebrity is, (laughs) but I appreciate your sentiment. She says, I listen to your podcast all the time. I love it. Thank you for being of service, brother. Well, sister, thank you for listening in. I appreciate it, and uh, God bless you, and I'm glad that our wee little podcast can help you out a bit. All right, everybody. I told you we had a lot of uh, feedback on the back, back end. That's why I did some on the front end. Anyway, that wraps up this one. Keep coming back. It works if you work it. May God bless you and keep you until then. I take this one week at a time. Hope to see you guys next week. Um, Until then, peace. Love you. Bye.